There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the USA and Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode six of season two of The Purge. All right. So, yeah. It's getting deep in what? here. What? That was me. <laughs> there's a lot of swearing. And I was like, all right, there's a lot of WTFs coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And by the end... It was like a really long, like, what the? Yeah. So <laughs> before we jump into all that, why don't you hit us with the ratings news? All right. Episode six brought in a 0.21 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.547 million viewers, making it the 37th overall cable show for the night. We actually got some live plus seven. Whoa. For epi- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For episode three, it tied for 15th in adults 18 to 49 total gain, going from 0.2 to 0.5 for an increase of 0.3, which made it ninth in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain, increasing by 150%. That's good. Yep. It was 15th in viewers percentage gain, going from 0.584 to 1.150 million viewers for an increase of 97%. That's really good. Yes. We like to double our numbers. Yes. Great. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's jump in because seriously, this yes. episode was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Episode six, Happy Holidays. Marcus sinks into darkness. Esme's on the run. Ben returns home. And Ryan gets an unexpected visitor. Yeah, we'll yeah. go with- <laughs> Boy, we got an amazing opening. Yeah, I was like, wait a second, is that, I couldn't believe, Dermot Mulroney. I was like, he's in this? Holy crap. And then I'm wondering, (laughs) is this supposed to be the voice that we heard, or is this something different? No, this is the voice we've been hearing. Was he, like, did they give credit for season one? I didn't look, but it sure sounded like the same voice. Well, while we're discussing, you know what that means. Fire up the Google machine. (laughs) so we find out we're 117 days until the next annual purge this is really moving along a lot quicker than i expected right yeah we jumped 17 days in a week and we get to see the bobby sheridan show which of course we hear been listening to and our bad guy from season one this time we have Bobby and Sydney Rivera and guest Lena Dash. And by the way, yes, because he's credited with ten episodes, a bunch from the first yep. season, and then this. It's like what? Yeah. So Bobby's show is set to evoke hatred, re- whether or not one is pro purge or anti purge, 
And they mention the fact that three deaths have occurred. Which surprised me. Right. And they even hint at the farmer, don't they? Yep. Yeah. And could there be a cover-up? And you kind of go, what? I was surprised at that. Right. But no, they turn it around and suggest that there needs to be a biannual purge. The more purging, the better. Or even God. more purging than just biannually. Yeah. What? Isn't that just murder every day? Yeah. So, of course, Sydney does not agree with that. And Lena makes a threat towards Sydney's life. And, of course, that doesn't set too well with her. No, she looked, like, really freaked out. Yes. Because they were picking on her, like, oh, you've really never had to deal with the purge. You're so nice and safe in your locked compound. And then we find out that there's a purge meter. Right, because when they go to commercial, she's like, did you just call for a purge on me? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is your first time. Oh, hey, look at this. You're barely even a blip. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, she got... Like 200. What was it? Yeah, no, it was about 2,000. And, and oh, I Lena thought it was only in the hundreds, so... No, it was like 2,000, but Lena had already went well over a 1 million. million. Like... <laughs> What? He's like, yeah, you're nobody in the U.S. if somebody doesn't want to purge you. Right. I, and you go, oh, no. I'd rather no. be a nobody. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. And yeah, I guess your purge meter would be a way to let you know how much security and protection you need to protect. <laughs> right. Because there are some nutbags. Right. Man. And there was just a lot of surprises. So that surprised me. And they're not even actual characters. No. Like, really, in the show. So we check in on Ryan and crew, who seem to be getting a new game plan because they're meeting with their former boss bitch in charge, and she basically decides that <laughs> she's got a whole lot more better ideas than Ryan's plan. Oh, I was so angry. Right. Her idea is that they... Provide the private security surrounding the plane that evening, and it ends up cutting their take home in half. As instead of four, there's now eight, and there's no guarantee that the bitch and her guys won't turn around and kill them and take all of the money. Right. But if they don't agree to her plan, well, she'll just turn them in and they can go to jail. I'm like, tell me they're gonna take her out. Like, okay, yeah. you're providing the security. Great. We get in there, we get the money, and then we take you out because we're done with you. Right. And I'm sure that we will see that plan being discussed at least. Ugh, I hope so. It may not happen, but I bet you we'll see Ryan and the others discuss it. You're like, can we knock her totally out of the ball game? That would be great because ugh, I can't stand them. Yes. She plays a Bad person so well. And we go to check in on Esme, who is about to be public enemy number one, as she's still attempting to discover what happened to Olivia Hughes, as she is scoping out the area near Olivia's home and trying to stay out of line of sight of the cameras. Now, a ball cap isn't much of a disguise, but... It is in Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> Not too much in Purge of America. And 
Can I say I was surprised with some of what was happening? Oh, absolutely. And I I know we're going to get to that. But the fact that she had the map that had the dead zones. So she was trying to find her way through there, which wasn't always completely dead because we've seen some of the cameras were changed. Right. But I'm like, all right. So she was smart enough to bring that with and have that on her. Right. But just the way this kind of played out, I was like, what is going on? It was so crazy. Right. Sorry, went off track. (laughs) Well, we see her former boss back in the operations center, and he's telling everybody that, yeah, they have to find her. Like she's public enemy number one or something. Right. She's committed treason. And so you see all everybody running through the cameras. And at one point, her young co-worker sees her, but doesn't react and is able to run the camera back so it doesn't pop up on her screen. Which really surprised me because she seemed super, like, NFFA gung-ho kind of thing. And not as much as Esme was at the beginning, but yeah, it was curious to see that she was trying to protect Esme. Yeah. Because she ends up catching her again on a cell phone feed that they get access to all the cell phones. And you go, holy shit, this isn't good. Right. But she was about to, like, ditch that one, too. Right. the boss seen it. She's like, oh, yeah, got it. And they are just sending all kinds of people after her. But she calls Darren and thinking that she has a lead because some dash cams could have seen Olivia, or what happened to her. Well, of course, Darren insists that they shouldn't talk about this over the phone, and they need to meet in person. So when they meet up, Darren is more than uncomfortable. I thought he was, like, pulling her close to kiss her. (laughs) What is he doing? No. You could tell he was just nervous as hell, so, yeah. Yeah, it just was weird. That's why I'm like, what? Yeah. As soon as I saw him, I said, the NFFA's gotten to him. And sure enough, he pulls his jacket open to reveal the the wire on him. And he basically hands her a wad of cash. And they go their separate ways. But he makes sure that he's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep investigating? No, I'm going to get out of town. Why would you say that when he showed you? I just feel like that was weird. Well, I think that's. She was trying to throw the NFFA off by, oh, let's cover all the exits out of town. And she doesn't make it. She doesn't even try to get out of town. Uh, Like they're going to look for airports and buses. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) Now, of course, after a couple of really close calls with um, the NFFA agents that are after her, she finally makes her way to Ryan's hideout. Yeah. Looking panicked, being like, oh, NFFA, open up, got questions, come on, open up. Routine sweep. Right. (laughs) Maybe just tell him up front, dude, I need your help. Right. And of course, Ryan, being the nice guy he is, finally lets her in before she gets completely caught. But of course, there are some NFFA agents at the door, and... He once again does the right thing and hides her as he 
allows them in to search the place. And a nice little hidden cubby there under the stairways upstairs. Yeah, it's kind of like right there in the open. Right. I'm like, I don't know, maybe he would have done better hiding her in the heavy bag. Right. (laughs) So after the agents leave, he lets her out and handcuffs her and insists that she tells him the truth. And Esme admits to him that she is going after the NFFA and she didn't know what else to do when she was being gone after and wasn't her plan A. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I was trying to not get all screwed up here. Yeah. She thinks Ryan is a good person and he cares about people and wants to do right by them. So that's why she came to him for help. And I love he's like, how did you find me? Oh, you have a lot of habits. And he's like, what? Yeah. If you only knew, Ryan. Now, in exchange for protecting her, he asked for her assistance as well. Because there are things that she knows. And while the NFFA issued the alert on Esme making her public enemy number one. And Ryan brings Sarah and Doug to his hangout, introducing them to Esme, the newest member of their team. I'm not sure that's going to work out real well. Why is she a member? Because she knows NFFA stuff, I guess. Right. And procedures and what they would be doing in this situation or that situation. She probably knows the dead zones better than even Tommy did. So she could be useful to them and hopefully it'll give her a place to stay hidden for a while. I don't think she's going to get out and about to try to find dash cams that might have information on what happened to Olivia on them. But it's just you never know. I yeah. guess she could put us his bike helmet on and take his bike for a ride that would at least cover her face true and they do have those glasses that blocked out the the, cameras cameras. so yeah she might be able to do something after all so we go check in on marcus who gains and loses his control and have to tell you that i'm not thinking marcus and michelle are going to survive this He just cannot get past the fact that she cheated on him. And it doesn't help that Marcus used Michelle's phone to text Sam to invite him over. Uh, Yeah, I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's pretty close to being right up there what Michelle did there, uh, Marcus. You don't mess with somebody's phone. Not these days. So, of course, there's... Yo, yeah, yeah. That, it's like, okay, how, how do I say this? You know, <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it gets way weirder. Now, of course, there's a ring at the door. And as Michelle goes to get it, Marcus gets the gun out of their safe. And Sam and his wife have come over. And does it still feel like Michelle has more to do with this than uh, we know yet? Okay, with what we've seen, I was like, his wife, Sarah? Oh my God, is this not just she had an affair with Sam? Right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, Sam's wife lets them know that Sam told her everything. <laughs> yeah, after Michelle puts out a nice cheese and fruit spread for them to discuss right. purge hits, I guess. Right. Well, they're just thinking, oh, well, we're just coming to 
set the story straight. April saying they're going to counseling and have worked everything out and all this good stuff until Marcus says, well, I'm still not sure Sam told you everything. Has he told you this? And he shows her the bounty on his head as Sam swears he is not the one who placed the ad out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's possible he didn't. Well, it could have been Michelle. That's true. That's what I was thinking, too, for a minute. And then I'm like, no, this guy seems too much like a douchebag. Right. Because, of course, we do find out that, yeah, during some pillow talk, Michelle made the joke about, well, if you don't like Marcus, why don't you put a hit out on him? And just laughing it off as that was just a joke. And yeah, she's lucky she didn't get shot right then and there. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Because Marcus got pissed real quick. Right. And Michelle's like, what is this? So at that point, I'm like, okay, April. That, she doesn't know anything. But the the wife, yeah, she was just like, uh, you said it was nothing. It was over, blah, blah, blah. And Michelle looks genuinely freaked out. Probably knowing that Marcus is like on the verge. Oh, you know? yeah. So it's like, no, 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 no. That was not serious. Right. Because it gets serious. Right. After a little duct taping the mouth, they basically just about french fry Sam's face off. And on the, the fact oven. that Michelle jumped up, she's like, all right, I'm going to turn this on. You don't want to listen. Okay. Oh, what? What? And she's trying to save her bacon. Right. I think. right. <laughs> and I think at that point, the wife probably would have been like, you know what? Let me go. Do what you got to do. Yeah. You would think. <laughs> and if there was something else going on, you know little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and off the two women would go. Do your thing, yeah. So Marcus demands Sam take the bounty down, and he does explain that if he does not, or he tells anyone about the night, he is coming after his whole family. And not only his wife, but anybody related to you. So I guess we're both going out. Right. So Sam agrees to it, and he punches a little bit into the phone and hands it back to Marcus and only $10,000 of the listing has gone down. And, and of course, this is when I was like, what? Yeah. Because he's like, I wasn't the only one look around right. and they walk off and I'm like, okay, it's not just bad that she had an affair with this guy. He lives across the street. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, like when they pull back and you see, all the neighbors, they're all looking at Marcus and Michelle very strangely. Right. And so they're like, it's all of them. Now, it could very well be all of them because we've seen the neighbors across the street, the other neighbors across the street, I should say, just shooting people like crazy. Like, oh, there's a car coming. Let's light them up. Right. And the family that all had masks on. Right. Like all this weird stuff happened. And it's like, okay, maybe they resent them because... He's a doctor and she's, I don't know, an interior designer or because they're in a nicer neighborhood. and Right. Yeah, they, they are in New Orleans. So, yeah, there still could be some white supremacists in the area. Right. And just like the fact that they didn't purge at all. You know, they could right. resent them for that. Right. It's like it could be anything. And the fact that we're seeing this, it's like, 
Like, I was at the end like, oh, my God, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. wait, maybe they're just doing this to screw with all of us, though. Yeah, it's really Michelle that put up the rest of the money. I was honestly thinking it was his ex-wife. Right. And so I, I don't know where But if going. she works at a school, it'd be hard for her to put up that kind of money. But, but I'm like, what are we going to, you know, what kind of insurance does she have on him or something? Right. So, yeah, this is going to get really interesting here, I think. Like an M. Night Shyamalan twist? Is that what it's going to be? Yeah, I, I think so. We, we could very well. Now, of course, if Darren comes to Marcus and lets him know what happened to him, that may be able to be a way to pull Marcus into the Ryan and Esme group. Now, Ben, he's just a lost cause. Oh, my God, this kid. Yeah, because, of course, after finding Andy dead in the elevator, we have detectives all over the freaking campus, and two are trying to get Ben to confess to Andy's murder. And his story isn't changing. He says he was writing a paper and fell asleep. Right, they're like writing a paper alone. Okay, first of all, when you're writing a paper, how many people are in there with you? None. You got to get it done. Right. <laughs> but they know that he is hiding something. Now, of course, Ben finally tells them that he smokes some weed and he's not old enough to buy it. So it's a level Y offense and he could get expelled for it. I was surprised he picked that up so quick. Yeah, I came up with that story as quick as, well, but we've seen him and Kellen smoke, so it's not that big of a leap. But yeah, you would think being under the pressure of having two detectives there telling you that you're hiding something, yeah, to come up with that's being pretty damn cool. Under pressure. Right. Now, of course, as he leaves, he tells them that he hopes they catch the guy. Because he was his friend and he's so distraught, blah, 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 blah. Right. He poured it on a little too thick there. But as soon as he leaves, his friend that abandoned him runs into him where they see the TV talking about the campus killer and two murders on the same campus, not on purge night. And we see security video of Ben in the mask and the hoodie. Going after that girl from Remembrance Day. And I'm like, so, oh, wow, they did have cameras, so they seen some of it. Right. He would definitely have to be suspect number one. Right. Now, of course, the guy tells him that if he needs anything, let him know. And they talk about everything going on for a moment. And Ben tells him that he's going upstate with Kellen. But apparently, now, they're searching... Everywhere on campus. Right. All the whole buildings. And he's got to get everything that could identify him as the killer. So he's up in his room, cuts a hole in the suitcase to hide the evidence. Yeah, so, uh, that wasn't a very good hiding place. That's just what I'm saying. No, because Kellen questions him as to why he locked the door. and. He basically gives her the song and dance about the campus killer and tells Kellen he will keep her safe. I'm 
thinking he's going to eat those words before this is over with? Well, I mean, I'm thinking he's like, okay, I'll keep you safe because I'm not coming after you. Yeah, <laughs> could be. So we see them going back to Ben's home for the holidays where Kellen is introduced to Ben's brother, Logan. A fine, upstanding young man. Not. Oh, my God. (laughs) Seriously, that guy. I'm like, all right, I'm going to come purge you. Yeah, he was the major pain-in-the-ass big brother type who, of course, brings up the campus killer during dinner. And he might not make it through this holiday. Yeah, that I believe. Yeah. Because, of course, Ben blows up and has to kind of cover it up, that it's just causing him so much stress. See, I think he could have gotten around that, too, by saying, you know what? I was almost purged this year. Right. Something like that. And then that probably would have taken him aback and been like, oh, shit. Okay, maybe I'll yeah. stop for a minute. Yeah, maybe I crossed the line there. Right. Pain in the ass. Yes, he was. <laughs> now, of course, we see... Kellen has already called it a night, and Ben gets out of bed and goes to his suitcase. He grabs all the evidence and sneaks out of the room, goes outside, digs a hole so he can burn all the evidence on his mother's property. And I'm like, does nobody see this? Right. What property do they have? Yeah, it looked like a pretty good bit of land there. Yeah, a fair amount. Right. Now, of course, he holds on to the mask. He just can't let it go. I really thought he was going to burn it. I really thought, okay, this is going to save your ass. Just do it. Right. But no. And of course, we see a storm roll in. And as he comes back in, his mother is still up in the kitchen making tea. And excuses for his brother. Yes. He apologizes to her for losing his temper at the table. and. She warns him not to let things bottle up inside because it leads to purging. At least hinted it. Not really in those words, but... Well... Yeah. If you only knew, Mama. And it makes me wonder, though, when she does make mention that she hasn't been able to sleep since her husband died, was he purged? Right. Yeah, because I don't think being out in the country saves you from being not purged. Right. Of course, Ben sneaks back into the bedroom and hides the mask back in the suitcase and then goes to take a shower. Kellen wakes up and realizes Ben's not there and goes to the suitcase and starts digging through it, finding the mask. And freaking out, but having to not freak out because shit, 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 he's coming back. Yeah. Puts it back in the hiding place and jumps back into bed, acting like she's still asleep. Yeah, and as he, like, decides to cuddle up next to her, it's like, oh, God, how do you not tense? Yeah. It's like, oh, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Sleep, sleep, z, z, z. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably no. Yeah. And then we see her eyes open and just, complete horror on her face now see i can play it off because if there's a light that comes on i can't sleep like i'll be awake so right. i played off that way like oh oh my god what happened what's going on <laughs> yeah you can be freaked out that way but oh man i don't know how you did it 
Yeah. Good thing he wasn't frisky after that's that shower. What I was assuming was happening. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I thought he was going to say, "Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll wake you up and we'll do a little bow chicka wow wow." <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this is like going in a way I wasn't expecting. Just overall, right? So this is getting really interesting. I'm wondering how they're all going to end up coming together in one big. Ball of purge. <laughs> right. Well, you know how we feel. What do you guys think about the show, about, well, this episode, the series, the show in general, the movies, etc., etc.? Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know your thoughts. You can check out the website, www.fangirlzone.com, and you can tweet along with us because our contacts page has everything. So tweet, Facebook, and just everything because there's a bunch more that I never remember everything because. There's a lot. Yeah. And of course, if you know, check out the website in general. And while you're running around the interwebs, rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on. Because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about the show because, oh my God, this is so good. It's taken a whole different, like, a whole different level to me. That's what it is. Right. Oh, absolutely. And... For all the new listeners on YouTube, on our page over there, thank you for joining us. And we hope you guys are digging everything so you can listen at work. Maybe nobody's noticing. <laughs> and so for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. You're nobody in America unless somebody wants to purge you. And until next time.